Hey, I'm Melissa. And I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. A podcast where we help you understand the chemistry of everyday life. Today we're going to do a special episode that's kind of different. And we're going to do a Q&A. So we've got a lot of questions from the listeners. And we want to take some time to answer those questions. Yes, and a lot of these uh, mostly, I mean some of them are general, but mostly regard like episodes one and two. And so we wanted to go ahead and do this kind of soon so that those questions aren't sat, sitting like unanswered <laughs> for a long time um, because we've already got other episodes coming down the way. So um, we might, if this goes well, might do more of these in the future, I think. Yeah. So you guys, use guys, you guys should submit your questions if you have them so that we can answer them and possibly include them on a future episode. But before we do that, Let's catch up, Jam. I haven't seen you. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think people are probably kind of confused when we say that because <laughs> of how we, our recording like schedule has been. But yeah, it's been some time. We've both been out of town. Um, I had a pretty cool thing happen in my life. Yeah. My younger brother and his wife had their baby. They, um, and she is beautiful. She's incredibly sweet. Really, really cute little kid. Her name is Harmony Joy. Robinson, and she is um, the first kid of our family, the first grandkid or whatever of our side of the family. So I've gotten used to the nephews on my wife's side and love them to death. It is a little bit of a new deal having mm-hmm. someone in my own, you know, blood relative yeah. have a kid, especially because it's my younger brother. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. But we, Em and I went to go visit them just really briefly. Um, just to see them, um, we had a, a, like a three day window. We were like, if we can do this now, it'd be great. We can see this little one before too long. And we're not sure how soon we could get back up there. Yeah. Um, be better to spend a little bit of time than no time at all. Yeah. And so we got to go up there and, and help them a little bit and just get to spend time there. They definitely are in that new parent <laughs> stage, which I just have heard about, but never experienced myself, obviously. And, um, you know how some babies aren't really cute from day one. Yeah. Like it's not their fault. Nobody's fault. I mean, they're cute in that they're a baby, but you're not like, Oh yeah. Sometimes they have a little bit of that. Like, okay, let's get some meat on those bones a little bit. (laughs) Look a little bit alien. Fatten you up a little, (laughs) but, but that is not at all how harmony is. She's like cute from day one. Um, really like she got chubby cheeks, um, just cute looks. She does a lot of stuff with her hands already, which like maybe that's not (laughs) weird, but she was like, but you think it's amazing. Yeah. And like <laughs> I was holding her one point and she was like putting her, I don't know what she was trying to do. Maybe she doesn't either. She was putting her hands like by her face a lot. <laughs> it just like looked so like, so cute. Yeah. So cute. And like, she knew what she was doing that. Like, she was reacting to things that was going on. Yeah. Like, like putting her fist up to her cheek. And it seems like what you'd do if you're thinking, and it's like <laughs> this little baby's thinking. <laughs> So uh, I'm over here smiling like an idiot. <laughs> I've seen pictures of Harmony. She is so cute. Mm-hmm. Can you put pictures of her on Instagram? On I'll, the podcast I will ask. Instagram? I bet it'll be fine. I'll ask. But um, yeah, congrats to Judah and Mindy. And I'll ask so that you guys can all enjoy the cuteness of Harmony. So by the time you're listening to this, it might have already been approved and you'll see photos of her hopefully yeah but, hopefully so yes yeah, yeah. she is really cute and uh just so everyone knows jam is over here smiling like an idiot he's totally yeah. in love with this tiny baby i totally am um well i was out of town too i want to talk about my thing yeah 
Is your thing as cute as mine? No, I was about to say it's not as cute. Okay, it's not right. nearly as cute. That's okay. No one's comparing. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's comparing. Mm, yeah. um, so my, I also went to see my sibling. Mm-hmm. I uh, went to see my sister. She lives in Mississippi. We talked about her before. Climate scientist. Yes. She nice. does sea level rise. And I had a week where I wasn't teaching. So I went to just basically get work done with mm-hmm. her. And then my brother-in-law, who I didn't talk about last time, but he <laughs> <laughs> he um, is he wasn't there at the beginning of the week because he's a boat captain. Whoa! Which I think is really cool. Captain is still a job, a title you can have. That's <laughs> yeah. like that's cool. <laughs> I think technically on the boat he's on now, he's a first mate, but he has mm. a captain's license, mm. and he works on a research vessel. So I don't know if non-boat people know this. I wouldn't have known this without uh-huh. him. But there's boats for like merchant merchant ship research vessel you know just different boats that have dis, different distinctions uh-huh. he works on a research vessel so labs that need to do some kind of research on the ocean mm-hmm. or in the gulf specifically can hire a research vessel to go out and so he works on the point sir mm-hmm. he actually got me this cute t-shirt of the boat and it has it on the, a picture of the boat on the back and uh-huh. i'm like this is where my brother-in-law works it's so cool <laughs> And while we were there, we worked on his Instagram game. Oh, nice. He, cause he was like, look at all these cool pictures I took. And he showed me this dolphin, like these dolphins just like oh, playing yeah. by the He's boat. He's got probably awesome opportunities for yes. really good Instagram stuff. Yeah. And they, they had some NASA sci- like uh-huh. scientists on the boat and they did a weather balloon that went off from the boat and uh-huh. he just recorded that happening. Yeah. It's so cool. And there's sea turtles. I mean, he has so much cool stuff happen to him. He's got to share that with the world. Yes. He was just hoarding it yeah. on his iPhone. Yeah. That's, and I was like, okay, that's well, a crime. it is a crime. Yeah. I forced him to up his Instagram game and post some of those really cool pictures so that everybody could see them. Yeah. So if you want to follow him on Instagram, you can go to JD on a boat. JD on a boat. That's a good JD, title. His name is JD. So he, and he's on a boat. He should have put captain in it, but I like that it's just on a boat. Well, I in, think in it started before he was a, yeah, it started before he was a captain. So JD on a boat. So you can go and see his beautiful, he took a picture of the moon where you can see the craters in it so well. It's crazy. He's, yes. Man. Oh yeah. There'd be a lot less light pollution out mm-hmm, there. That's yeah. pretty cool. A beautiful sunrises, beautiful sunsets. If you wonder, if you would not believe how beautiful the Gulf of Mexico can be. It's like we only see the like kind of grungy, trashy part on the beach <laughs> where like weird stuff washes up and there's like yeah. questionable stuff in the water, mm-hmm. like sewage or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> sewage, I don't know about, but but it is beautiful. So that was fun to get to hang out with him and just have the weekends and evenings to do fun stuff with my family while still getting a lot of work done. Yeah, that's awesome. Should we <laughs> start digging in to these pretty? intense questions i think so (laughs) okay okay um the first question we have from episode one this question is from vianette um there is a soap plant that they use in peru to clean things it makes suds and everything does that have soap molecules in it okay so when we got this question from vianette i got really excited Uh And I whipped out my phone and looked up what the soap plant was. Now I don't remember what it was called because this was maybe about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And then once I found the name, I was able to look up the molecular structure of the thing that was in it that caused the suds. Uh-huh. And it wasn't exactly the same as a type of soap molecules that we would see yeah. in our 
everyday chemistry textbooks, but it did have the same qualities of long nonpolar groups or big, they were rings, but big uh-huh. areas of nonpolarity with random areas of polarity on it. So wow. it did have that same capability of bringing together the polar and the nonpolar and making nice. things Nice. So it clean. looked a little different, but, and it wasn't like the exact same elements mm-hmm. that you said are most common in soap? No, it was the same elements. It was a different arrangement. Oh, okay. Got it. Man, that's crazy. So it's just a mm-hmm. plant that just occurs naturally. Yes. So the uh, the idea of it being like something <laughs> just on the earth or in the earth that can just already kind of be soap mm-hmm. is not that crazy. Not that crazy. All it's right. actually real. So good job, Yannette. Way to go to Peru and learn things. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and this next one's from Steven. My biggest question from the episode, how are the polar and nonpolar parts of soap molecules connected if polar and nonpolar don't interact? Okay, that's a good question. And I sort of touched on this, I think, in the episode, but you're sort of thinking about two different things. So one is a bond, and bonds can be polar or nonpolar, all on the same molecule, it doesn't matter. So you can have an area that's very polar on this molecule, and then, so it's carbons just bonded to hydrogens, which basically have the same electronegativity and are neutral. And then in the middle of that, the carbon can also be bonded to oxygen and that would be a more polar bond. And that's okay to all have on one molecule. Hmm. The things that don't interact are separate molecules. If you have a polar molecule and a nonpolar molecule, those two don't want to interact. Okay. So it's more about one is called intermolecular forces, like between molecules, polar and nonpolar don't want to interact within the same molecule it doesn't matter if the individual bonds are polar or nonpolar hmm. you can have both present in one molecule and that's not a big deal okay so it's not like the idea of polar and nonpolar like seeming to be enemies or whatever is not really a thing once once it comes to the point where like they're part of the same molecule they're not like i hate you or yeah. whatever if they're in the same molecule it's fine they just yeah. only want to interact with other things that are like them okay so once it's all in one molecule it doesn't matter but once the mo- think of the molecule as a body, if a bo- body is one way, it would only want to be with other things like it. But on yeah. the body, there can be several different things. Got it. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. The next questions are about episode two. Okay. The first one is from Pedro and he says, maybe I didn't listen, but is there such a thing as specific cold? Same as specific heat, but instead it applies to colder temperatures. So the quick answer is No. Mm-hmm. Cold in science is really just the absence of heat. Got it. So really, no, there's not specific cold, but specific heat applies to gaining and losing temperatures. Okay. So gaining and losing heat will raise or lower your temperature. Right. So the short answer is no, but the quick, the real answer is no, but yeah. specific heat applies to everything. Right. So like, like the second part of his question kind of about applying to cold temperatures it's still it's specifically still measures that right so it's like it's just the difference of to in vocab we use the words cold and heat as opposites and it's like you'd want to have both or whatever Mm -hmm. but in science heat is like you're measuring it if there's not any of it it's cold but you'd still use the word heat right it's like there is or isn't certain amounts of heat exactly you got it um, that's a good question. Okay, this they, is, these are all really good questions. I was excited yeah. when I got every single one. So this next one, two people, two different people asked this question. Uh, Ryan and Grant, 
why do different things have different specific heats? Uh-oh. So we glossed over this in the episode. Yeah. Kind of purposefully because it's a little complicated, but I think I found a way to explain it that is quick and understandable. Okay. Awesome. So different molecules have different ways they can move, like mm-hmm. in and out or up and down. It's like rotational, translational. They can circle around. They have lots of different options for motion. Mm-hmm. The more options for motion they have, think of each option of motion as a little shelf where they can store energy. Okay. So the more options of motion they have, the more shelves where they can store energy is going to be. So you can take in more energy in the form of heat before your temperature is increasing. Got it. Because you have more places to store that heat. Okay. That's Interesting. The best way I can think to describe it. Um, so water, for example has a lot of room to move. Mm-hmm. Ice, the same molecule, but in a different structure, yeah. has way less room to move because the molecules are rigidly put together. Right. And so ice actually has a ice actually has a lower specific heat mm-hmm. than water does, even though they're the same molecule because it's in a different state. Totally. And that makes sense to us visually because we know that ice like we don't think about it as having a low specific heat, but we know that whenever it's experiencing heat, it can't just take that in and handle it. It melts. It's going to like right. have to change mm-hmm. its form, its state. Right. So consistently solids have a lower specific heat than the liquids of the same substance. Okay. Got it. So shelves, they store the heat or if they don't have room to store it, then it changes their temperature. Right. Got it. That's a nice little bit of physical chemistry for you. That's a little deeper dive. Beyond Gen Chem, we got some physical chemistry in there. Nice. Okay, this next question is from Stephen, from the same Stephen, right? From the yes. previous. Okay. He's had very good questions. Stephen has had very good questions. So um, he said, I have a, another question related to episode two. I've been meaning to ask, is there any correlation between specific heat and melting and boiling points? E.g., does higher specific heat usually mean higher melting boiling point? That is a really good question. So I alluded to this in the episode, but when I was researching this episode, I went down a physical chemistry rabbit hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and I started down this rabbit hole with my organic chemistry friends, which probably wasn't the best choice, but there were no available physical chemists around me at the mm-hmm. time. So I went into an organic chemistry lab down the hall and I said, hang on. So different things have different specific heats. Is that as a result of the same forces that cause melting point, boiling point? Those forces are known as intermolecular forces. They're basically Mm -hmm. the forces that hold different molecules together or keep them further apart. They're responsible for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And we were just chatting about it and everybody seemed to think, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, probably so. And then I went back to my office to keep working on the episode. And then I thought, wait a second, that doesn't make sense because sand is not melted and water is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it can't be as a result of the same forces. Yeah. And then I went back and asked that question to them and they all said, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, that is a really good intuition. Yeah. Stephen and a good thought process but actually 
the answer is maybe that has a little bit to do with it, but mostly it's what we talked about before with yeah. the things of motion rather than the intermolecular forces that hold them closer together or further apart. That yeah. is a little bit involved because the rigidity comes into play with the way the molecules are interacting with each other, but it's more about how much motion they have and less about breaking those forces between one another. Yeah, and then the, the case of like sand and water, it's almost like the opposite is true. It's like inverse mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah, water has a lower melting point, obviously, because it's already water. Right. But it has a, you know, it has to get a pretty hot tip oil. Mm -hmm. And the sand is like, like we talked about experiencing the same, the same heat source being put on it. Right. And it's staying in its same state. So it's like, it's right. almost the opposite is true, where it's like, mm -hmm. like the sand is having a much stronger reaction in terms of what we feel when we touch mm -hmm. it, um, even though it's staying solid and not melting. Right. It's not, it's, yeah, it's weird. So they feel like they would be as a result of the same thing because they both have to do with putting heat into a substance, mm -hmm. but it is actually very different things that dictate it. And I'm, I'm definitely thinking that's the case because I don't want to be walking on like, you know, liquid lava, <laughs> lava glass stuff when we go to the beach. So yeah, that's probably better for you. Yeah. The beach would be like a very, very different place if that was not the case. Okay. Um, what is the typical life cycle of an episode? So I know the first half of this question, but you're going to have to answer the second half. Okay. Um, the typical lifestyle starts with me having an idea. So next week's episode, I got the idea when I was sitting watching my brother-in-law cook a meal and mm -hmm. I saw him do something and I was like, oh, I know why people do that. But do yeah. people know why they do that? Yeah. Or we have a long list of topics that we want to cover that I've just been thinking of and compiling. So mm -hmm. I just pick a topic and basically put together an outline. And I usually know so far I haven't had to learn uh -huh. a ton, but I will fact check. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's this, but I just don't want to teach anyone the wrong thing. So yeah. I'll go quick, grab my chemistry book or whatever, and just like do a quick review and make sure that what I'm teaching is accurate. So sort of like pre-fact checking. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. To make sure that I sort of know that this is based in science and not. Yeah. Sometimes people just teach you things in classes and then you can't find proof of that anywhere. Yeah. You just wonder, is that real? Because <laughs> it just passed down from like audibly <laughs> from person to person. Right. Yeah. So, so I'll go fact check and then I... Put to, I have that outline that I've put together and I just know what I'm going to say. And I come in and Jim has no idea usually what I'm going to say. Yep. I might give him a little bit of a teaser or tell him the name of the topic, but everything he learns, everything you hear of him saying, oh, or asking questions, that's genuine. That happens in real time. And so we'll come and we'll have our conversation and I'll teach him whatever I'm teaching him and also teach you guys and, and that's then one question even i got um about people not realizing that i'm learning it for the first time also mm -hmm. we try to make that live so that it is genuine and also it's like a really good test for if this is how learnable something is like if i yeah. totally <laughs> failed at learning it it'd mean either like i'm a bad learner or we need to explain it differently or something so yeah i'm like totally unprepared don't have like the there's no cheating that happens or anything like that i i think it is best for both of us for Melissa to know that I already don't know it. So she has to teach it from square one. And for me not to have any prior knowledge other than just something from my life or something I might remember from a chemistry class forever ago. Yeah. And it makes it a much better um, environment for, for teaching for listeners as well. Yeah. That, and that helps me to know what I'm supposed to 
or how I can explain it in a way that's helpful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's things that I think I'm explaining really clearly and then Jam has questions and I'm sort of my response is, oh, I need to think of an if, another way to explain that. And that's probably true not only for Jam, but also for the listener. So mm-hmm. it really is helpful to make sure that you you listeners are getting the best experience possible. Yeah. Um, but then after that, I don't really know what happens to episodes. <laughs> yeah. I come here and I record and then I'm, I say, bye, Jam. I'm going off to school now and leave him to it. Yeah, it's probably kind of boring, so I'm not going to go into crazy detail. But we, um, I listen back to them and, and clean up stuff like coughs or if we had to like restart a sentence or if there was a weird sound or like I knocked something off the table or the dogs like to yeah. chime in. <laughs> yeah. Or a dog sound or whatever. Just clean them up a little bit. Um, and adjust l- levels and some EQ stuff and then send it to then export that and send it to Melissa to listen to and make sure that she hears it back and doesn't hear anything that's factually wrong or confusing. So we kind of have mm-hmm. a double check there and then we have some friends that have volunteered to, um, be reviewers. And so, they help us out and you'll hear them as credited at the end of episodes. Um, and so we get that feedback from them. If there's any additional edits, we make those and then we, um, schedule them to be sent to your ears Yeah. on our host. So yeah. And that's fun. Cause you can see all the analytics and stuff. And so that's, that's my, I guess half of it, but <laughs> it seems pretty evenly distributed of who does what. Yeah. The next question that came from Stephen is, is Jam your real name and why do you go by Jam? Well, and that didn't just come from Stephen. That came from a lot of people have asked me, who's Jam? Is that his real name? Why does he go by Jam? So, Jam. Okay. So, uh, my name is Joshua Andrew Miguel Robinson. Um, So, Jam is my initials um, or Jam with an R is my initials, I guess the full thing. Jammer. Jammer. Um, I don't go by jam to everyone. Um, but the name Josh or Joshua is really common mm-hmm. and I don't like it. Um, and so it's not like I get to choose what everybody calls me, but when I was in school doing film projects and everything like that, I needed to have something that was a unique name to attach to all of my work. And so I started doing J.A.M. Robinson, like mm-hmm. like you'd see for a lot of things like authors or like J.R.R. Tolkien is the best example I can think of because he had also two middle names. Um, so I started putting that on my projects, not really thinking about it, but people would just read it as J.M. Robinson instead of saying J.A.M. Robinson. And so a few people called me that and then at my on a professional level, but I go by almost exclusively mm-hmm. with work and stuff. So... It helps too because it makes me unique in terms of searchability for uh, projects I do or website stuff or LinkedIn or resume stuff. It just makes, you'd be surprised at how many Joshua Robinsons there are. So that's kind of the explanation. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So if I was walking up to you on the street and I know you and recognize you, Mm -hmm. you would want me to say, hey, Jam or hey, Josh or hey, Joshua. Yeah, Josh is my least favorite of all of those. Okay. But it's also the one that probably like the most people call because most people who are named Joshua are like totally cool with being called Josh. And so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a copy paste deal. And, but I'm not going to start, I'm not going to correct people about it. It's just not worth it. Okay. Just too much effort. But yeah. 
So now everyone knows. So if anyone asks me that, I'm going to say tune in to episode five and you'll get your answer. Yeah. Perfect. It's probably not that satisfying either, though, because it's not like there's no big. I, don't I know. think it's interesting that your that your name is Joshua Andrew Miguel is interesting. That's true. That is pretty. <laughs> people wouldn't guess that. So, yeah. Okay. So is that all the questions that we have? That is it. That's all the questions. Thank nice. you guys so much for sending those in. Mm-hmm. This is a nice, a little bit of a lighter episode if you needed a break from the in, intense chemistry learning sessions. Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry of everyday life, but we, we want to hear from you. And if you have any questions or ideas, you can reach out to us at Gmail or on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Chem for Your Life. That's Chem, F-O-R, Your Life, to share thoughts and ideas. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like it, you can write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to share chemistry with even more people. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to Autumn Kiewesong, who reviewed this episode. (laughs) 